Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is Emily, Henley, and Sammy. And you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Too Scary Didn't Watch, the horror movie recap podcast for those too scared to watch for themselves. I'm Emily, and I am too scared to watch scary movies. I'm Henley, and I'm also too scared to watch scary movies. I'm Sammy, and I love watching scary movies. And so I watch them so that you don't have to. And this week, we are going to be talking about 90s horror Ooh, movies. Now that's what I'm excited about. And one in particular... I'm sure one we can talk about all of them. <laughs> that would be absolute lunacy. Um, but I also believe we have some haunted housekeeping. We sure do. Because we have a virtual live show coming up at the end of the month, October 29th at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. We are going to be recapping The Pope's Exorcist with correspondent Paul F. Tompkins. And if you want to join us for that, you can get tickets at moment.co slash TSDW. We're going to be dressed up. We are going to have fun. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. I know what Sammy's costume is going to be. I don't know what Emily's costume is going to be. I don't know what Henley's costume is going to be. I don't know what Henley's co- I don't know what Henley's life is going to be. I don't either. I have a vague idea of what I'm going to dress up as. But Oh, amazing. Yeah, we are we are recording this episode on Henley's due date currently. Oh, pray to God that she comes soon. She's coming. <laughs> One way or another, the girl is coming. But I hope it's I hope it's just the minute we wrap up this episode. Or during this episode. That would be or really during, exciting. For, for dramatic effect. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like how it happens in the movies where your water breaks always in the most dramatic it's moment true. possible. Yeah. I'm so excited for our live show. I'm so excited to do another show with Mr. Paul F. Tompkins. I can't Mr. believe we get to do that again. The gentleman. I'm really excited. He's the best. He's It'll really be great. the best. What a great freaking holiday. What a great reason to all get together. I'm very excited. And if you can't make it at that exact time, the uh, replay will be available for a week afterwards. So you can still get a ticket and watch it whenever works best for you. Wow. Modern technology. Uh, nothing. What could be better? It's amazing. <laughs> um, I can't wait. I hope you all join us there. I hope you do. <laughs> uh, and did anything scary happen to us this week, you guys? Mm, okay, well, I, I have a feeling I know what Emily's going to talk about. I'm going to talk about something real quick. Something actually scary happened to me. Oh, 
last night Silas was running around like he always does and um, he was holding a butter knife (laughs) (laughs) which obviously is bad parenting to begin with we shouldn't let him run around with a butter knife but it was like during dinner and we were eating and knife he could be running around with that's true all the knives And it wasn't it wasn't for very long. He just like pulled it off the table and was walking around the room with it. And then he um, (laughs) he had the genius idea. There's like an Ethernet port in the wall. Mm. And he went to just fully stick the knife into the ethernet port oh which boy. you know we have we have covers on all of the electrical outlets but like but they don't, do they make ethernet covers <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm covering it with tape now because like that's yeah would it is it the same sort of deal probably i don't know because I mean, it can't tim, be good <laughs> so tim didn't have there i had this reaction you guys like it was not there was no time between him doing that and me having this reaction it was Immediate, immediate. I like literally like lunged out of my chair, grabbed him and like, like grabbed him and pushed him (laughs) off off of the ethernet port. Like when Ross like, becomes superheroes briefly. And it's flew. like you did that. You like flung him across the room. <laughs> literally. literally fl- he was completely fine. Nothing happened. I He was, he was completely fine. Oh, because you were the, there. The, the scariest thing was me like flinging him away. <laughs> and he started crying because Aww. he was so surprised and scared yeah, yeah. that I reacted that way. I started crying because Aww. I was also surprised and scared that I reacted that way. Like Aww. it all happened so fast. And Tim was like, uh <laughs> <laughs> imagining like, what, what happened before happened? Tim's eyes. <laughs> and um mm. and so then I just like sat on the floor and I was trying not to cry. And I was trying Aww. to explain to Silas, like, we can't put we can't put metal into the wall. Anytime you see anything in a wall, <laughs> don't put anything in it. Don't put anything in it. Sure. And he's crying. And then Tim is trying to explain it. And and it's like, I was so just shaken by the experience because I hadn't crossed my mind that that would ever happen. But it's like, of course, yeah, I guess that's like, a thing. Can you be- can you believe that? It literally a metal knife I mean, into an Ethernet port. So many children's games are like fit this thing, fit this shaped thing <laughs> yeah, into the hole true. for the thing. It's like, and then we're telling them, well, not that one. <laughs> mixed messaging, right. a lot of mixed messages. Very confusing. And I really try to. I'm like not the t- kind of mom who's stressed about those things usually at all. Yeah, that but one's that, that one's the stressful one. That that made me. I was like, now I'm like hyper aware of everything in the house. Cause there's also, they redid this house and there's electrical outlets fucking everywhere. And we've covered Mm. up, I would say 95% of them, but I'm like, man, I got to get to those 5%. I haven't covered up. They have, they're everywhere. They're all over. They're all over the house. Anyway, that it's scared like somebody me. Somebody was excited oh that house finally God. was able to be connected to electricity. <laughs> exactly. They were thrilled. They were thrilled. <laughs> Oh my God! You really do have to watch children all the time, huh? Oh you boy, really do. Oh you boy, really you're do. about to have two of them. <laughs> no. D- double that. 
<laughs> double double oh. that you have right now. <laughs> I also just don't. I just don't like the feeling of crying when you don't have control over it. Because I didn't want him to see me crying. Yeah. I didn't yeah. want him to see me upset. But I like couldn't help it. And I was yeah. like trying to get it together. Oh, it was hard. Okay. All right. That's it for me. Tell me about <laughs> you guys. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, something scary happened to me this week. <laughs> um, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, we, um, I, I found and decided to take home for safekeeping slash did no plan beyond that. Really a uh, lost dog. Hmm. And I am actually not in a place where I can talk about it. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Um, so someday on the podcast, I will tell this story. She, The dog is great. She's healthy. She's happy. Took her to the vet. Everything's great. It's like, it's not a, everything's fine. I just like can't, I'm in it and I can't. You're emotionally attached. It. You're fully emotionally attached yeah, to the dog. Yeah, it's just like a lot and mm -hmm. um like one of in, i'm in the middle of like one of the most difficult decisions and situations i've uh been in as an adult um so we're gonna talk about it when i'm on the other side of it mm -hmm. yeah um but i will say that just before we recorded uh there's a 10 million sorry sammy mosquitoes in my yard and oh, it is no. fucking unbelievable um and I we I do have this like mosquito spray for the yard that's like non-toxic for animals that I that you can spray you have to spray it at night but I was like oh I'll get it like prepared now so that I can spray it at night and it's like very much I mean it's it's non-toxic like I mean it's safe for animals but I, but on the thing it is like will contact poison control if this like gets on your skin and I a bunch of it just like flung <laughs> on to me like right before we recorded and I was like I think I washed it off but honestly I don't have the bandwidth to deal with it so <laughs> fingers hopefully crossed. that's overly cautious and it was the d the diluted version that got on me you know once you've already mixed it with water okay. so like yeah it was probably fine um <laughs> so hopefully I don't need to like if I start looking like boils uh, coming on my skin while we record, let me know and I'll, 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 I'll let you know. Yeah, we'll if we see anything, handle that. <laughs> oh, so that's God. sort of where I'm at emotionally. I hate mosquitoes so much. They're so bad. I really, really hate them. There was one in my house yesterday, and I think I vacuumed it straight out of the air. <laughs> Hell, I've Good tried job. that before with flies. I've like moved, like walked around my house like a lunatic with my vacuum to the air, like trying yeah. to catch flies. I'm very impressed. Yeah, I mean, I, it's not easy. It wasn't easy, and I'm not a hundred percent certain I did it, but I thought I did it, and then I didn't see the mosquito again. So it seems like okay. I did. Okay, but you know they're really small, so it was hard to tell for sure. I mean said it before say it again i've said it a million times we gotta <laughs> there are the words i think kill it's them all dangerous for us to play god except for in this one specific <laughs> scenario i, I completely agree. it's all uh, we've talked again it, well we can go down this road again i mean we can't we will a, a million more times but it's like of all the ways we've manipulated our reality and our planet it's like i'm sorry mosquitoes are the bridge too far uh, mm, let's no, have a absolutely vote. not let's have a vote put it on the ballot 
Oh, it should be on the ballot. Absolutely. Make 2024 even more contentious. (laughs) Make it about the mosquitoes. I think it'd be the thing that brings everyone together. Yeah, You're right. You're right. It's the one thing I agreed with Trump on. He hates mosquitoes. It's It's a common enemy. That's right. Enemy of my enemy. (laughs) Sammy, what happened to you this week? Um, You guys already heard about it. But just I had to take both of my cats to the vet this week, one just for a checkup and one because he was having a stuffy nose and sneezing a lot. I also had a stuffy nose and was sneezing a lot. No, Do you think you guys gave it to each other? Because sometimes I do wonder. (laughs) I thought maybe. And the vet said it might just be allergies and that cats also can just have allergies. (laughs) So he went on a antibiotic in case it's herpes because i guess another main cause of runny nose in cats is herpes which sounds like what it's different than uh, than human herpes yeah but it is called feline herpes yeah and it is just like an autoimmune little yeah thing that get they get some and they get sick so we 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 did 10 days of that and he is doing much better haven't been sneezing and sniffling which is great but then I took my other cat, Mac, to the vet, and he, both my cats are, are very scared of everything, but especially the vet and getting in the car. And so in his carrier, he was meowing and meowing and meowing, sounds I've never heard before, so scared <laughs> as we're driving to the vet. And as we get there, I park in the parking lot and look into my back seat. And it looks from my angle as if he's not in the carrier anymore. And I, my brain just doesn't quite compute it like this. He can't have gotten out. And if he had gotten out, he would be running around the whole car and being crazy. (laughs) So what's happening right now? And I look a little bit closer and I see that he has lifted up the mat of the carrier and crawled underneath it. <laughs> and he was so scared that he was just hiding himself as as much as physically possible in his little carrier. Um and so the vet said that he was so scared that we she had to prescribe an extra medication. He was already on gabapentin because I knew he was going to be scared. And she said, let's combine it with trazodone next time. Really give him the best chance of not being scared because he was so afraid that he was frozen stiff and wouldn't move <laughs> at all at the vet. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> oh, oh, was like playing dead? Guy, he was like playing dead. He was so scared. <laughs> I don't need to check him. I'm already dead. <laughs> well, I'm already dead. Oh, oh, so a lot of excitement over here. Going to how do you even get them? How do you even get them into the carriers? It's not easy. Yeah, it's I was going to say, I bet they, I bet they, they obviously know what's going to happen, uh, so yeah. they're not going to go and in I'm, willingly. I won't sugarcoat it for you. I do it by force. <laughs> yeah, you got to. <laughs> you yeah, got to. it's not fun for anybody. We're not having a good no. time. Do you like wrap them in towels and go, go like head down and make them sort of slink in like a snake? No, but that's an interesting because that's a technique. It works. You just sort that of bind their little top legs down and you sort of just <laughs> put them in head first like a little like like a <laughs> like you're dropping in something into a bucket. Yeah. And you just sort of like put and then they sort of have to like get themselves righted. But then you've got the upper hand and you just, you know, close it up. That's a, a great tip. 
and I may have to use that because I really just shove them in. I lo- harder if they're frozen stiff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my funny little guys. So <laughs> that was a little bit scary, but we're we're all safely at home now and and doing great. So great. <laughs> Great. Phew. That's all you can ask for. Huge phew. phew. Yeah, big phew. Phew. Um, but should we talk about some 90s horror? Yes. I would love to. Oh, my God. Okay, I feel like 90s horror is a, a favorite of ours. Uh, it is. We talked about really 80s is. horror last week, which, you know, we I, I at least said it's not, not my favorite. In fact, it's mm-hmm. my least favorite, and I'm sorry to say that, but it's the truth, and 90s horror is one of my one of my favorites. I'm very excited. 90s horror, you just got the you got the fashion icons. You got the the fashion queens. You um, do. Scream queens, fashion queens. Also, we were at an age in the 90s where it was so we were alive and we could see the posters. And so I think there's yeah. something like nostalgic about it too. It's super nostalgic. Yeah. But we were too young and I was too scared to ever see any of them. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But Blockbuster existed. We were seeing oh, yeah, baby. VHS covers. Blockbuster and TV you couldn't fast forward through. So you were watching those commercials. Mm-hmm. Those trailers mm-hmm. came on and you try as you might. You were going to catch a glimpse. Oh, That's right. So... Um, and I feel like kind of the the movie, the horror movie of the 90s was Scream. It yeah. jump-started the genre after people were getting a bit fatigued from all the uh, slasher sequels of the 80s going into, you know, um, Friday the 13th Part 6 or whatever. People were just getting a little tired of it. And Scream famously reinvigorated audiences everywhere and birth's kind of the teen slasher moment and we've covered like most of them there's scream there's i know what you did last summer there's urban legend and then there's you know other other 90s movies that aren't teen slashers that we've covered oh the faculty is another good teen one love that one Other 90s movies we've talked about are Misery, Audition, Silence of the Lambs, lots lots of great horror movies in the 90s. But I wanted to stay with the teen slashery just because it feels like quintessential 90s horror to me. Yes. And so today we are going to be discussing disturbing behavior. Ooh, I'm excited for this one. I am too, but only because everybody else has made that same sound when they've heard that that's what we're doing. And I don't think I know anything about this movie because I got no I got no frame of reference. I didn't know much either. And I was just looking for uh, like teen slashers. And this was kind of the only one that I could find that we hadn't done that I had sort of heard of. Promising title. Yeah, I don't know anything about it. I do know. Katie Holmes is in it. That's right. Oh, yes. It's it's Katie Holmes' second role. What was her first? You know, it actually, I looked it up and I feel like I need to watch this, her first movie because the cast is crazy. Hold on one second while I pull it back up. 
Um, okay, so the first movie she was ever in was called The Ice Storm in 97. Disturbing Behavior is 98. The Ice Storm... I- the, listen to this cast. This is crazy. Kevin Klein, Joan Allen, Sigourney Weaver, Henry Cherney, Toby Maguire, Christina Ricci, Elijah Wood. Wait, what? Oh my oh God. It's crazy. <laughs> I've never heard of this movie. I might have to watch it. The Ice Wait, Storm. Toby Maguire and Elijah Wood in the same movie is... They're like doppelgangers, not doppelgangers of each other, but they're, they're like... The type the of same. guys you could get confused. Yeah, yeah. Same with Christina Ricci and Katie Holmes. It's yeah, like, what, what's this? What's this movie? What is Ooh, happening? Maybe that's part of it. Yeah, I wonder if that's intentional. Okay, well, we obviously need to watch it. Yeah, so bookmarking that. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but Disturbing Behavior came out 1998, directed by David Nutter, written by Scott Rosenberg, starring James Marsden, Katie Holmes, Nick Stahl, Catherine Isabel, William Sadler, and Bruce Greenwood, who was just in... Gerald's game that we talked about. Oh, hot. Hot. <laughs> James Marsden, too. Very fun. Okay, so did you like this movie or did you love this movie? <laughs> classic. A classic question. Um, I really liked it. It was very fun. It's definitely it wasn't one of the options. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely I think there's a reason it's not as well known as some of the rest mm-hmm. of them, for sure. Okay. It came out the same year as The Faculty and has mm, some... Faculty kind of overshadowed it yeah, a little bit. And I, I would agree that The Faculty is the superior film. Mm. But, you know, we can have both things. Both can be... Yeah. Uh, we can appreciate... Don't make me choose. Who said I got to choose? Exactly. Uh, Disturbing Behavior has a 33% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm, Could be better. (laughs) 5.6 on IMDb. The budget was 15 million. It made 17.5 million. Just yeah, this isn't good. Also, yeah, this is below average on IMDb. This isn't looking positive. No, but I think it's fun. Don't don't worry. We're still going to have a good time. I bet we are. Katie Holmes and James Marsden, I'm in. I'm fully yeah. in. It's streaming on Amazon. Didn't forgot to say that if anybody uh, oh, wants to check it out. And the only trivia that was interesting to me is that there was originally uh, a director's cut that was 115 minutes long. And the final cut, the theatrical cut, ended up being 84 minutes long. And the director Whoa. was like very upset with a lot of the changes that happened. And, and that's a lot of movie to yeah, cut. Yeah, it's a lot. And there's definitely parts where it's like, what happened here? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, and he almost took his name off of it, but then decided not to. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Okay. I got to say, though. 84 minutes. That I'm not mad about. Love yeah. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if it needed more movie in order to make sense, well, sure, you know. There's just uh, one part that I, the thing that I f- would be able to deduce has been cut is there's flashbacks to a brother who's played by Ethan Embry, who I feel like at this time was a pretty big actor and Mm. he's never given any lines or anything to do. And so I'm pretty sure that was probably a bigger storyline in the original version. I wonder if the like 
uh, studio or something had a problem with him. Mm, maybe. I don't know. I'm just creating rumors. <laughs> <laughs> also weird that that was the this was the same thing with Reanimator last week mm-hmm. where it was like random chunks taken out and you're like I'm just I'll just roll with it I don't need yeah. to know about the plot you don't need to explain that <laughs> yeah and I mean hey I um, like Emily said 84 minutes so not mad about it I can handle Mm-mm. a couple of plot holes <laughs> yeah. yeah for the sake of brevity <laughs> um, and because you guys don't you know know much about this movie I think we should watch the trailer at the end Um, Because I think it has some kind of spoilery things in it as well. So the trailer won't be in this episode. If you want to see our trailer reaction, we do weekly video trailer reactions on our Patreon at patreon.com slash TSDW (laughs) podcast. But should we just get into recapping this movie? Oh my God, let's do it. It's the bleakest time of the year, so you know what that means. We deserve to get cozy on the couch, rewatch our favorite TikTok videos, and drink a goddamn glass of wine. If you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle, you will love our next sponsor, Naked Wines. Did you know that when you buy wine today, most of the money goes to things like fancy packaging, big budget marketing campaigns, and tax? That is crazy. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet, so you get a box of the market's best quality wines, however often you'd like, for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. By cutting out the traditional retail middleman costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County, and they've been around for 10 years, and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker, so you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. So head to nakedwines.com slash too scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website and put in too scary for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com slash too scary and use the code and password too scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash too scary code and password too scary for $100 off your first six bottles. We all come home after a long day of work and what's the first thing we do? We take off our bras because they are uncomfortable and constricting and we're just ready to get out of them by the end of the day. Well, what if I told you that Skims has changed all that? Skims has done the impossible and created an underwire bra that I actually forget that I'm wearing. I didn't think anybody could do it. You guys obviously know how much I love Skims. I have tried many of their other products. I've never been disappointed, but I, yeah, just don't normally love an underwire bra. I prefer a bralette. 
But I've loved everything else I've gotten so much that I thought, you know what? Why not try an underwire bra from Skims? Let's just see. And they did it. They did it, folks. They created my favorite underwire bra I've ever worn. I have the weightless scoop bra. It has this nice like mesh material that's supportive and comfortable, breathable, but still very sexy. And yeah, like I said, I, I do genuinely forget that I'm wearing it. And that is very rare. I, you know, I'm a broken record over here. I love skims. I love skims. I'm sorry. That's just the, the cold hard truth. I will shout it from the rooftops because I want everybody to know. I want everybody to share in my joy and my comfort. So shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H, plus get free shipping on orders over $75. And if you haven't yet, be sure to let them know that we sent you after you place your order, select podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. We do have to start with the trigger warning for sexual oh, assault. Sh- it's, I feel like, you know, that's the, ni- the 90s. That's we the, 90s, the 90s, unfortunately. We weren't past that yet. <laughs> and we oh, won't be no. for quite some time. No, we have, we have a ways to go on that front. Um, no. And also the Scream franchise and the, I know you did last summer. There's so much like, there's so much misogyny that's just baked in to yeah. the writing yeah. and the way they portray women. And we're, you know, we you know gotta that. sexualize them. I mean, excuse me. Yeah. yeah. Teens, teens, we gotta teens? see their boobs. We gotta <laughs> see their boobs. Well, she's a teenager, so you should want to fuck her. and you know we're all acknowledging it and we're just moving past it yep yep (laughs) that it it, that's it's just gonna be happening it's just the way it is uh so we start with a very crazy title sequence that has like weird graphics and flashes of images it's like very very dated graphic style that just 
feels it like looks pretty bad. <laughs> I feel like just important to note because it sets the tone of the movie of like this isn't like high art that we're about to get into. Uh-huh. Not well made. Copy that. Yep. Uh, then we cut to our opening scene of a high school couple hooking up in their car. It's nighttime. They're at the, you know, lookout spot where mm-hmm. teens go to hook up. Did your towns have that? Not really, actually. Yeah, I feel like people just fucking made out wherever they could. There wasn't like a spot for it. There wasn't a spot for making out, but one thing that definitely happened was people would congregate in parking lots all the time. Yeah. Like the oh, Lowe's like parking out? lot. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like people would also hook up in those parking lots. Oh, for sure. I mean, anywhere there's a bunch of teens, people are hooking up. Yeah. Yeah. Which I guess I'm on board with the sexualization of teens. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like a romantic lookout spot next to sure, a lake sure. or something. It, it was like in front of the Home Depot. Yeah. 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 Or like Taco Bell parking lot. Yeah. (laughs) Sexy. Um, So it's, you know, getting heated with these two hot and heavy. And the guy, his name is Andy, pulls back and says, (laughs) like, stop, stop. I've got a game on Friday. I need my fluids. <laughs> oh, okay. The girl okay. pulls back, like, what? <laughs> and it's like, okay. And sits back in her seat, puts her, she's got her feet up on the dash, and he notices a tattoo on her ankle. And he looks disgusted and he says, Why would you do that to yourself? And she, once again, is confused. And he tells her that it is self mutilation. And she, for some reason, leans back in suggestively and says, self-mutilate this fluid boy. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Really? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. I couldn't have written something better if I was trying. (laughs) Really, really incredible stuff. And she... (laughs) Uh, unzips his pants and starts uh, presumably giving him a blowjob. And then we see another high school student higher up on the on the cliff, uh, like a, a higher vantage point, watching this as if he has popcorn, like this is something he yeah. comes and does. And he's just like, oh, what's going on over here? He can't see inside the car. He just is spying a bit to see, okay. see who's hooking up with who. And he's kind of laughing about it. And then we see a cop car slowly approaching. And inside the car, we see Andy uh, slowly looking up towards camera, his eyes almost rolling in the back of his head, looking very angry and creepy. And then his right eye glows red. Wait, this is the guy getting the blowjob. Yes. Okay. And he snaps the neck of the girl giving (gasps) him the blowjob. It's really very upsetting. And then he says, slut. And oh, my. uh, The cops pull up just after this moment and they, you know, shine their little flashlight. He gets out of the car 
and there's two cops. One is talking to him and one is checking the car and pretty quickly sees that there is a dead girl in it. She has like a her neck is very clearly um, Jesus severely bruised and she looks unconscious and so uh, dead. And so he turns and Andy realizes he's been caught. He grabs the gun off the other cop near him and shoots and kills the one by the car that has just seen the dead girl. Oh my, this is really escalating. He says again, I need my fluids. (laughs) Really? He says that again? Yeah. (laughs) I don't think that's the thing you need to be worried about right now, my boy. (laughs) And... Our, the other guy, his name is Gavin, the one that's higher up watching this, is shocked by what he's seen, obviously. The other cop that is still alive calms down Andy and gets his gun back and is not acting in a way that a normal cop should be acting. He's just like, all right, mm. take it easy, take it easy. And then he's like, you go home, like, get ready for the big game tomorrow and I'll take care of this. And he he drags out the girl's body. And so Gavin has witnessed this now and has seen Andy kill two people. And another cop seems like he's covering it up for him. OK, so there's a town conspiracy Damn. to support and protect the football players. you got to support and protect the football players. Number one priority of most towns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, yeah. Uh, so now we see the next day our protagonist, Steve, this is James Marsden and his sister are taking uh, arriving to this town on ferry on a ferry. They've like just moved there. It's in Washington. And uh, he's talking to his sister And she seems like she's pretty excited to be moving here. Like, we've got a fresh start. He seems a little more skeptical. Didn't probably didn't want his whole life uprooted. His sister, by the way, is played by um, Catherine Isabel, who is Ginger in Ginger Snaps. Oh, cool. Mm. Uh, We pretty quickly find out they like get to their new house. They're settling in with their, their parents and we pretty quickly see that Steve is haunted by flashbacks of his older brother who has died by suicide. This is Ethan Embry. Oh, yeah. That's sad. Yeah. And that's maybe part of the reason that they moved here. And mm. he's clearly very traumatized by this, obviously. And waking up in the middle of the night with nightmares and it just does a lot of like flashing of images of his brother, Alan. Um, and the, the next day is the first day of school of Steve going to the new school. And in his first class, we see a a classmate named Trent. That's like a preppy looking popular guy giving a presentation it seems like an overachiever doing really well. And this punk looking guy comes in late. Dickie is his name. <laughs> and he immediately picks a fight with Trent, kind of calls him a peckerhead, I think, or something like that. Sure. And uh, 
they get in a fight. It's just, you know, clear that they don't like each other. Dickie's, you know, a bit of an outcast. Steve is just watching this all, you know, seeing the dynamics of his new school. At lunchtime, Steve is eating alone when he is joined by Gavin, who was in the previous scene witnessing a crime. And Gavin's best friend, UV, they're both like stoners and mm. they say they just smoked a big fatty and <laughs> UV is a, the, it's a very weird character. Uh, the character is a person with albinism. That's why they mm. call him UV. The actor oh. does not have albinism. And he also oh. does this like very weird stoner accent. I had to put on subtitles because I'm like, I literally don't understand anything any of these people are saying in this scene. It's so Interesting. bizarre. <laughs> this feels deeply 90s to yes. me. I, I don't know why. Like, I couldn't explain to you why, but it just is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Gavin and UV are giving Steve the rundown of the different cliques at the high school, kind of like that mean girl scene where they're like, there's your nerds, there's your punks and we're the stoners. Mean girls, 10 things I hate about you. Yep. Yep. Clueless. The cafeteria cafeteria scene. this montage. Mm -hmm. Me too. It's very fun. And a preppy looking blonde girl walks by and Gavin has a crush on her and you know calls out hi Lorna Lorna's not giving him the time of day and Lorna goes and sits with Trent the preppy guy from the beginning Mm. and Alan the guy who just killed somebody the Uh other night and all of these uh, people in this friend group there's like I don't know 10 to 15 of them are introduced as the blue ribbons that's what gavin says and he's like the blue ribbons they're the um yeah like none of them are gonna give us the the time of day overachievers popular football players yep exactly that night after school Steve's sister, Lindsay, has a friend over and they're all around the dinner table, uh, the dinner table, Steve's parents, Steve, Lindsay, Lindsay's friend. And someone mentions Alan and the friend gets confused and says, I thought your brother's name is Steve. And Lindsay says, oh, I had another brother who died. And. Steve's parents are very quickly like, let's change the subject. Let's not talk about, let's not talk about this. And it's clearly really upsetting to Steve. And he's like, he's like, Oh, would you get in trouble if you talked about something, someone in your family dying? Like clearly Steve wants to be able to talk freely about this thing. And his parents are not, um, giving them the space to openly Aww, grieve and it's really hard. Yeah. And so he, he storms off, leaves the dinner table. We see that same night, Dickie, the punk from class going to a dock to what he, I, he thinks he's picking up a piece of equipment for his car or something. And he instead is ambushed by the blue ribbons who all have baseball bats and oh, Jesus. basically close in on him, are fighting him. We don't see what happens. Cut, cut away. 
Okay, so the blue ribbons are psychopathic and murdering I mean, that's people. Some pretty disturbing it's, behavior. It is pretty disturbing behavior, <laughs> is what I would say. I would call that disturbing behavior. Uh, next day at school, Steve is called into the counselor's office. They're basically just checking in on him. We know you're a new student. We know what happened with your brother. We want to make sure you know that we uh, are here for you and anything you need. And the counselor or maybe principal, I'm not actually positive, is called Mr. Caldecott. And he asks Steve, have you given any thought to the joining the Blue Ribbons? They're a, a great group, really. Oh, it's like an official name. It's not just like they're. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, it's like a Wait, specific, what? like an honor society? honor society type thing. Yes. OK, Still, okay. it feels very weird for their official title to be the Blue Ribbons. <laughs> like they're like fucking prize horses or something. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, weird. That's the weirdest thing about them. So Steve declines. He's like, or he's basically like, I'll think about it or something. But he doesn't. He's not interested. Uh, Caldecott, by the way, is Bruce Greenwood. Hot. And uh, so Steve leaves that meeting and he walks out into the quad. It's, I think, after school. The All the students are every uh, like all around the uh, lawn getting into cars. And we see... Someone catching his eye, he looks like, who is that? And we turn and see Katie Holmes. Oh, oh my here she is. God. Here she is. Here she is. She is standing in the back of her dirty old pickup truck with a no oh. FX sticker on the back and in her little crop top and leather jacket. Oh, she's a bad girl. Heavy eyeliner. She's very interesting cast. Dancing around. And so she's she is not a blue ribbon. She's not a blue ribbon. No. Whoa. Oh my God. Steve clearly has a crush on her immediately. She's a babe. She looks great. And her, her vibe is very fun. Gavin notices this and comes up next to Steve and is like, oh, that's my friend, Rachel. Come on, I'll introduce you. They go up, introduce Steve to Rachel. She's seeming very, she's trying to play cool, seem indifferent, but we're seeing that they might like each other. Ooh. A little spark. I looked up a photo. She's, she is hot. Yeah. Gavin says, do you want to all, uh, hang out and welcome Steve to the town and Rachel says sounds razor razor <laughs> razor sounds razor sounds razor I've um, and never heard that Gavin before acting in any way traumatized over the yeah, death what he's, he's witnessed so he just stoned all the time. That's his way of coping. Yeah, that's his coping mechanism. I he he is not seeming as stressed as he should be, but we will okay. see. Yes, he will talk about it eventually. But it seems like something okay. we should have probably talked about immediately. Maybe not with Steve, sure. but with somebody. <laughs> somebody. Also, can we just have a really brief break to discuss Katie Holmes and like? Yeah, you know, just really quick. I need you guys to fill me in on what you know about her. But basically, <laughs> she had that like whole thing with Tom Cruise, the whole marriage and child, marriage and child. And now she's in, you know, in New York, lives in New York with her child. Uh -huh. And does she act? Is she like in things? 
I, don't I think, think she really took a anymore. big break, but I feel like she was in something recently. Really? Maybe I not. feel like we all decided she's pretty bad at it and we're like let's just let her is that what happened or was it a coordinated effort from Scientology to squash her career Mm. yeah which obviously didn't work with Nicole Kidman so I'm not saying it would have worked with Katie Holmes yeah she looks like she maybe did a rom-com in 2022 it actually Which, looks like she's been kind of consistently working now okay. that I'm oh, looking okay. at this. Scientology uh, just made us not know it. <laughs> yeah, you can work, but no one will know. <laughs> or she's just she's just what you said, not very good. So we're she not. She really is not very good, unfortunately. That's too bad. Yeah, I haven't heard of a lot of these movies. She was in Logan Lucky, apparently. I don't remember Uncredited, that. I'm seeing. I don't remember that either. Oh, yeah. I forgot she's in the Batman the Batman. She is in a couple of yeah, a couple of those. Yeah. She's just a fashion icon, I feel like, isn't she She's always a in icon. her like She is indeed. I do feel like I see paparazzi fo- photos of her all the time walking around New York with her child. Um, but I don't know anything else about her. So I was just wondering. Must be very weird to have a child with Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Did you guys watch Dawson's Creek? I didn't. I did not. No. I didn't either. I didn't either. That's another one that we missed out uh, on. I could be into it. I would, yeah, I'd give it a try for sure. I would definitely give I it bet a try. It's fun. I know the song. <laughs> I know the song. What's Is the song? That, I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait. Oh, right. Oh, I to be over. Pinnacle of teen. Do, 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 do. Wow, I would. Yeah, I'm interested. I'm definitely interested in um, pursuing some Dawson Creek time. Absolutely. I'm rewatching the OC right now, and maybe I'll do Dawson's Creek next. Ooh, keep me posted. I might join you. I shall. Um, okay, I'm really glad we did that because I needed to. Yeah, that was good. That was just, like, really brain, good. Brain dump. <laughs> um, any facts we had about Katie Holmes? Yeah, I think we don't know enough about yeah, her. I think she's like pretty private and mysterious. <laughs> and but but these paparazzi why. pics aren't they usually? Don't don't you kind of have to like coordinate Hire that? them? Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? You do have to coordinate them. Yeah. I feel like she's setting these up. Is she the one that was just dating Jamie Fox? Yeah. Oh, interesting. That was interesting, just because. I assumed he was friends with Tom Cruise because they're in Collateral together, right? Isn't that? They are in Collateral and together. And you have to be friends with people you're Such in Such a funny with. reason to assume they're friends. They were in Collateral together in what, like 2011? Really weird that she would date uh, Jamie Foxx. After that. 12 years after they were in a movie together. <laughs> I bet Tom doesn't give a fuck. No, probably not. Um, but okay, so... Now we have our 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 gang, Steve, Gavin, and Rachel are trying to convince someone to buy them beer at the local grocery store. They are not mm-hmm. having any luck. And one of the blue ribbons comes up to Rachel and clearly also has a crush on her. And he asks her if she would like to join him at the yogurt shop. (laughs) This character's name is Chug. Chug. (laughs) Join Chug at the yogurt shop. Mm. Chug. Uh, 
And God, that's funny. She says no. She's not interested. No thanks, Chug. <laughs> I don't want to go with you, Chug, to the yogurt shop. <laughs> I'll pass, Chug. And so he goes into the grocery store and he's buying some milk, some milk to Chug, probably. Mm-hmm. As he's looking out the window at Rachel, he's he's watching them and sees her exposed midriff and as if the, the the screen starts turning flashes of red. It's like as if he's glitching a bit and he looks so angry as he's looking at her and like, Ew, so I they're think weird, getting... like puritanical Christian <laughs> freaks. They're like aliens. It seems that impure thoughts are inspiring these moments of rage in them because his uh, eye also like glows that red. Im- impure behavior on the part of the woman. Like, yeah. Midriff, the tattoo. Blowjob. Oh, I guess the blowjob was really what did it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. He flies ah. into a rage and just uh, crushes the milk carton in his hand. Milk <laughs> oh, explodes <that> everywhere. <laughs> Didn't stand a chance against Chug. No, and he turns and starts fighting with the people behind him in line who are other other teens. And Whoa. I think they like accidentally bumped into him or something. And he turns around and is like, fuck you, and starts punching them. One of Whoa. them has a septum ring. He rips the septum ring ow. out. Ow. Ow, ow, and ow. Officer Cox, the cop from the... Uh, Opening scene, Henley's dad. <laughs> my dad, my dad. Um, but it's not Brian Cox. I just want to clarify. No, but Brian Cox is my husband. He's my husband. That's right. That's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Brian Cox is my husband. This guy's my dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Officer Cox once again swoops in and starts trying to calm down Chug and is not. But now there are witnesses. Yeah, and uh, this cop is uh, tr- not acting like he's going to um, intervene in any way other than making sure Chug is okay. And he does like separate them, but he's like, "All right, Chug, like let me get you out of here." So mm. clearly, Officer Cox is aware of what's going on. Doesn't seem too surprised by this disturbing behavior. Uh, he's in on it. <laughs> So Gavin and Steve and Rachel have witnessed this now. It it became a big commotion, obviously. And so they've gone inside and seen like, what the fuck is going on? And this is where Gavin. Oh, by the way, (laughs) chimes in with his theory that he thinks the blue ribbons have been uh, hypnotized or brainwashed or something is going on because they're all weird. And <laughs> wait, and what happened to the guy who was beat up? Who was that again? Dicky? We just haven't oh, heard we anything don't know. yet. We just haven't we heard anything know. from no. him. Okay. All right. And no one's worried about Dicky. No yet. one seems worried. And Rachel is kind of rolling her eyes at Gavin, thinking like, yeah, he thinks they're all possessed or something and not taking it too seriously. But we have reason to believe something is indeed going on with the Blue Ribbons. Yes. And no one's worried about the also like, where's the girl whose neck was snapped? Anyone worried about that? You know, I think that might be on the cutting room floor because nope, nobody is. 
and mm, seems like that should have been a bigger storyline. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that should be uh, the next day at that's, school. It should be like missing girl, the, uh, mm-hmm. missing girl missing, posters. Uh, yeah. What twenty? No, it's thirty-one like 30 minutes. minutes that's yeah. somewhere in the missing thirty-one. Minutes. I guess someone because when the DVD was released, they included extras of some deleted scenes, and so someone edited them in. So there is a 104-minute version somewhere, but not all of the deleted scenes were included. So it's not mm-hmm. the director's cut, but it is closer to the director's cut. If anyone's interested, I did not watch it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next day at lunch, Gavin takes Steve to his little hideout. It's like the school boiler room it seems like they're underground like where the janitor works and there's the the, like a a cover to a sewer and just like machinery and equipment and stuff and this is where Gavin goes to sneak a cigarette and hide out if he doesn't want to be in the main lunch area and the janitor comes out of the sewer holding a dead rat okay (laughs) they're not paying this guy enough (laughs) and he has a very crazy accent vibe thing that he's doing where he's like these rats the rats (laughs) (laughs) screaming about the rats immediately oh these rats are gonna get in here (laughs) (laughs) He's like waging war against the rats and it's, it's very bizarre. Okay. So maybe that's where the sickness is coming from. Are the rats infesting the blue ribbons? Christian rats. (laughs) (laughs) Puritanical rats. (laughs) Gavin says rudely that the janitor has that Boo Radley village idiot thing going on. Oh, my. (laughs) Which is, don't love to hear that. Uh, And the janitor comes out of the sewer and he has this thing that looks like a boom box and he plays it and it plays this kind of sharp, high frequency sound. And he explains that this was supposed to kill the rats, this because they hear different frequencies and it was supposed to or at least like help kill the rats or something. But it doesn't seem to be working. He's really frustrated about it. Oh, that's so funny. (laughs) It's hypnotizing the boys. (laughs) They're like their dogs. Men are dogs. Uh, and then as they're getting ready to go back to class, they go back into the quad or the park, the, uh, like driveway in front of the school and see Dickie's car. Mm. The blue ribbons are smashing it with a, looks like a sledgehammer. What the fuck? Smashing the windshield, smashing off the mirrors. And then... They part, uh, make a little path for someone to walk through, hand this person the sledgehammer, and it is Dickie, and his hair is slicked back, and he's wearing a button-up shirt and a sweater vest, oh. and he is looking preppy as ever. He smiles, he grabs that sledgehammer, and he starts smashing his own smashing car. Smashing his own car? Yep. Death to that, the version of me who had well, this car? Well, it's like a muscle car, so maybe they've deemed it like an inappropriate, inappropriate. type of car. Mm. Uh-huh. Wow, Still so seems like, like just sell it, you know? Just sell it. 
didn't didn't look like a cheap car. Huh. Okay. So they see this and are confused and maybe now giving Gavin's theory a little bit more thought because this is very bizarre that Dickie is now suddenly one of them when he just the other day clearly hated them. And very bizarre that a group of high school students are smashing a car with a sledgehammer in the parking yes. lot. <laughs> yep. 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 Quite disturbing. <laughs> She's on it. Her finger's on the pulse. Huh. Uh, so they, uh, Steve runs into the a group of the Blue Ribbons at the yogurt shop, their favorite hangout after oh school. God, so and they try to woo him. They're like, Steven, come sit with us. You're new to town, and that must be really difficult. Have you been able to make any friends yet? <laughs> Wait, and also to clarify, this is frozen yogurt, right? That they're eating. It's not just. It looks yogurt, just like, like a diner. I was I was looking for yogurt. I didn't see any yogurt, but they do refer <laughs> so like, to it. It must be like a like a soda shop. Yeah, yeah. It's like pop shop. Yeah, in pop, Riverdale. Yeah, pop shop. Yeah. But it just the idea the of just shop selling is yogurt is really funny to me. Regular breakfast yogurt. <laughs> it's just like plain <laughs> yogurt. <laughs> uh, Gavin comes in and pulls Steve away. The blue ribbons are very rude to Gavin. Gavin shows Steve a picture of him and a bunch of other kids that are smoking pot looking like stoners having a good time and he says like take a take a closer look this is robbie and andy and trent they used to all be my friends and they are now blue ribbons and he's like something's going Mm -hmm. on there's a meeting happening tonight at the school let's see if we can like crawl in the vents and eavesdrop on it and so they do that and just like just like the rats. Just like the rats. <laughs> the rats. And this meeting, it's like a parent teacher looking conference led by Caldecott. And mm. they're talking about the some students with behavioral problems. And they have a new candidate for the Blue Ribbon program. Uh, someone who is a C minus student with A plus potential who spends too much time smoking illegal substances and masturbating (laughs) Mm -hmm. and they point to the audience and say his parents are here please stand up and gavin looks and it's his parents and he's Uh freaking out they have signed him up for the blue ribbon program oh no how humiliating for your parents to be like, he's just he's masturbating, just masturbating all the time. We've got to put him in some sort of club. Which <laughs> <laughs> is entirely too much time masturbating. Uh, so they, they run out of the school. Gavin is freaking out. He's like, you can't, I can't let the, this can't happen. This can't happen. Steve is saying, why don't you spend the night at my house tonight? And Gavin says, no, it's okay. I'm going to go home. I have a plan. And he pulls out a gun and he says, I'm going to kill anyone who tries to take me to the program. <laughs> okay, that's, Which is a pretty extreme. Hey, Gavin, why don't you sleep at 
my place tonight. Let's take a beat. Let's take, cool. Heard that that's an option. Why don't we think about some other plans? It's so, that's honestly so funny to be the plan. You're like, oh, my Especially plan? the people in question are your parents. No, no, it's cool. I have a plan. My plan is to kill anyone oh, really? who tries to make me do it. Inconspicuous plan. And I got a clear head about this. I am. I am absolutely thinking straight. <laughs> Not extreme at all. Uh, and so Steve. And Steve says like, okay. No, Steve, of course, oh, okay. is telling him you're acting crazy. This is, you're losing the thread here, man. He tackles him and gets the gun away from him. And Great. he's like, if you won't stay with me, fine. But there's no way I'm like letting you go home with this gun. James Marsden, a classic good guy. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Is he bad in something though? He's bad. Is he bad in Westworld? No, I think he's. Uh, I think he's good. No, I think he's you're right. He's good. He's good. In um, Enchanted, he's like kind of a dumb, mm. like a himboy guy. He's a himbo, which I, you know, I love a himbo. I got no problems with that. Himbo is nice guy, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> True. So they go home next day at school. Steve is sitting with Rachel and UV at lunch, and in walks Gavin. In a buttoned-up shirt, oh, should have let him keep the gun. Should have let him keep the gun, Steve. <laughs> Slicked back hair, so you know he's now a real piece of shit. <laughs> and he goes and sits with the blue ribbons, who welcome him with open arms. Hmm. Steve goes to try to talk to him, ask what the hell happened. The other blue ribbons are blocking Steve. You can't talk to him now. He's like, he doesn't want to talk to you. And Steve gets in a fight, like punches one of them. It starts a fight and Steve is very outnumbered and immediately um, knocked down and being kicked by all of them. And Gavin stops it. And Gavin separates them. He's like, stop, stop, stop. And he, he grabs Steve's hand, lifts him up. And smiles at Steve and he says, we shall overcome Steve. And then he knees him in the stomach and like continues to punch him. Oh, great. Uh, They uh, definitely like hurt him. He's on the ground. They turn and leave. They're laughing. Mm. They walk by the janitor, kick over his bucket, laugh at that. That's not very Christian. Call him the R word, which I feel like that's another like nineties thing. We're definitely doing that. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then Steve afterwards goes down to the little boiler room hideout area and runs into the janitor there and sees something in the janitor's back pocket, pulls it out. It's a copy of Kurt Vonnegut's Slaughterhouse Five. And he looks at the janitor and he says, it's all an act. This whole thing you're doing is all an act. You're so smart. You're reading Vonnegut in your (laughs) spare time. Vonnegut. You're not an idiot. You're not the village (gasps) idiot. Oh, Oh my God. The village idiot wouldn't be reading Kurt Vonnegut. Uh, Not Vonnegut. Not Vonnegut. (laughs) Oh, my God. In your back pocket? So you can have access to it at all times? You're a genius. (laughs) (laughs) And the janitor looks caught 
he tries to keep up the act. No, don't the rats, the rats, I only care about the rats. And then he's like, oh, yeah, no, you, you All me. of a sudden he's British. <laughs> Puts on glasses. Well, son, you've actually. <laughs> and he tells Steve, you'd be surprised how interesting people become when they think you're very, very stupid. Oh, yeah, I like that strategy. <laughs> uh, Steve goes home after school and walks into his house to see Lorna, one of the one of the blue ribbons, mm. uh, sitting in his living room. He's what asks her, "What the hell are you doing here?" She says she's been tutoring his sister. He gets very defensive. Stay away from my sister. I don't want you talking to her. Lorna's being very polite and nice, Steve. Uh, it's don't worry about it. She's up in bed sleeping now. There's nothing to be worried about. She's a good kid. Here? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just put her to bed and now I'm still in your house. And he says, where are my parents? They says, she says, they're out at a meeting. It's just us. And she notices he's got a cut on his face from the fight. Mm. And she says, oh my gosh, let me help you with that. You you need to, to do something about that. She grabs a napkin, licks it, and starts rubbing the open wound on his face. Oh ew, my God, ew, that ew. is no, horrifying. Not that's not, not medical. That's not how you do that. Inside your cut. No. <laughs> Uh, and he asks her to leave. He says, I think you, you better go. It's time for you to leave. And she says, can I go to the bathroom first? And he says, sure. She goes into the bathroom. Classic stalling tactic. Mm-hmm. She goes into the bathroom and she's looking at him, his reflection in the mirror of the bathroom. She can see him in the hall. And she's clearly attracted to him. She's looking like she's starting to have some impure thoughts. Oh, no. She starts unbuttoning her shirt. And she walks out of the bathroom, tits out. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. He asks, what the, what are you doing? What's going on? And she says, I'm not exactly sure. He says, you need to leave. She says, do you not find me attractive at all? He's like, I find you very attractive. That's not the, that's not the problem. And she kisses him and uh, they make out for a brief moment before he sees her eye flashing red pushes her back it scares him obviously it's like you need to leave you need to get out of here and she's like you're right hi this is bad this is wrong and then it's like she starts glitching again she's kind of twitching and she turns and she smashes her head against a mirror her head is pouring blood and she's going wrong bad bad wrong Uh, wrong bad bad wrong and she grabs a shard of glass Ah! off the floor and starts coming towards him with it like she's gonna attack him and he pushes her back again and she hits her head and it looks like something snaps like back into place or out of place something she like comes to her normal self a bit and looks really disoriented and gathers up her books her shirt's still open and her head is pouring blood (laughs) (laughs) and she says i have to go home i have a big physics test in the morning (laughs) oh my god wait do we think that she got knocked out of being brainwashed or we think that she just stopped trying to kill herself like it stopped the unclear but the next scene is her on an operating table with caldecott and a nurse 
like talking to each other. I have, I was unable to decipher what is, is actually going on. There should have been more mm-hmm. yeah. scenes. They basically say, you know, the, the, whatever they're doing to these kids, they're putting some sort of implant in their, in their eye. Well, in their brain, I guess, behind their eye. And they say something like when the pineal gland gets stimulated, the dopamine surge is like too much for them to handle. And so we still need to refine whatever we're having here. So there's some medical intervention that they're trying to do to like make these kids perfect students. But there's a, there's a bit of a, yeah. Okay. There's a bit of a problem with that. that So they're not trying to get these kids to murder people, but. They no, are, I think they're okay with they're it. They're seemingly okay very it. fine with it. They're like, it's worth it. They you know? do continue to do it. Yeah. If uh-huh. they're getting A's, then they can murder whoever they want. That's right. Fascinating. At school, Rachel finds in in a little like hiding spot where they normally hide their cigarettes, she finds a DVD from Gavin. And uh, as she's walking out with it, in this is in the little boiler room, Chug walks in. And asks her again on a date and she says no. So she's disgusted by him. She couldn't be more disgusted if he was made out of maggots and shit. (laughs) Yikes. And he loses it and like pushes her back and starts taking off her clothes. Uh. And the janitor is what is seeing this happen and not doing anything oh god too stupid to do anything can't give up the act i don't know he's he looks like he's debating doing something but he doesn't but then we see a rat (laughs) turns on that little boom box with that high frequency sound wait the rat turns it on He's like just crawling on it and then presses a button. Yeah, conveniently turns it on. And Chug is seemingly in excruciating pain the from this frequency. frequency. fucks with their thing. Little chip or whatever. And it's so all coming together. <laughs> and so he looks like he's glitching and he it gives Rachel um, the chance to get away. But we see the janitor clocking this information and he seems like he is clued into the fact that something is going on with these kids as well. Uh, Steve goes to Rachel's later that day and she says, I need to show you the DVD and pops it in. And Gavin is looking like his normal self being like, basically, if you found this, they got me and I'm probably hanging out with them. Like, please God, I hope that's not the case, but that's probably what's happening. And he says he had been looking into Caldecott and says that he used to work at this specific psychiatric facility and he hasn't had a chance to investigate, but if, but there might be some answers there. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, it feels like another uh, thing in the, in the nineties where it's like, this young girl was just sexually assaulted and like very nearly raped and she's just going about her day. Mm-hmm. She looks like um traumatized when she first opens the door for Steve, like she looks scared, but yeah, then like no nothing as soon as she yeah, put on the just, DVD, it's like, all right, and like moving well, that on. never happened. Who cares? Yeah. Not a big deal, obviously, for anyone. <laughs> uh <sighs> 
So they take a ferry to go to this psychiatric facility while they're on their way there. Steve opens up about his brother's suicide and is finally able to talk about it with someone. And she's obviously very kind about it because he's the only one that needs to be comforted in this moment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's nothing else has happened in anyone's Absolutely nothing else has happened. If Mm -hmm. anything else has happened, we should just not talk about it. (laughs) No. Uh, So then they get to the psychiatric facility and... This is also a, th- a thing that happens in the 90s a lot where people with mental health issues are just presented as like very scary. And oh, yeah, mm-hmm. like we're walking through a mental mm-hmm. hospital just being like, ah, look at all these dangerous people like yeah. jumping out that are like have disabilities th- or mental health issues. And they're like treated like jump scares and like, oh, we yeah. should be horrified of this. There is one guy that this was a disturbing moment. He's just flossing his teeth. They're basically, it's like as if they're going through a haunted house and looking in each window and yes. seeing a disturbing That's thing. That's what they treat. Yes. Men's yep. mental illness and any sort of institution is like a haunted house. It's yep. a very good way to put it. And, uh, there's a guy that's flossing his teeth so aggressively that there's just blood pouring Ew. down his chin. Ew. I hate that. I hate and that. I just like, yeah, ah. really don't like that. Uh, they find a girl in a back room that is singing to herself. And as they're in there, one of the orderlies comes out into the main room. And so now they're hiding in this room and she's singing louder and louder at their presence there. That seems to be like how she's getting nervous is she's just getting louder and it's drawing the attention of the other patients and the orderly. And so Katie Holmes fucking punches her in the face and knocks her out. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Katie Holmes doesn't fuck around. She needed to get some of that energy out after what happened to her. It's very uh, unexpected. Uh, and then Steve finds on this girl's bracelet, her last name is Caldecott. So this is Caldecott's <gasps> daughter and the first experiment. Yes. And so we're thinking if he can do this to his own daughter, this is a dangerous man. They run out of the building scared as, um, uh, Harvey dangerous flagpole sit up blasts paranoia paranoia everybody's <laughs> coming to get me <laughs> it's a very funny I'm ne- not sick, but I'm not well. <laughs> perfect needle drop for that moment uh, steve gets back to his house and has a plan to like get rachel and uv and Lindsay out of this town they're just gonna leave they don't want to be here anymore and it looks like he's about to run away but his parents come down they say what's going on he says we're getting out of here we're going home i think he's they're from chicago so i think he wants to go back to chicago and from the shadows of the house out steps caldecott and he says you you are home steve And he looks betrayed. You signed me up for the Blue Ribbon program. His parents are saying, we just want what's best for you. Like, you've been having such a hard time here. And we want Mm -hmm. we want the old you back. And so 
he tries to run out, but all the blue ribbons are there and they once again overpower him and he is taken to a medical facility where he's strapped into a chair. Looks like they're going to implant this chip into him. And the way that the chip is being, it's like slowly coming towards his <laughs> sure. eye. Sure. <laughs> Giving every possible option for <laughs> something else to happen. And of course we see uh, he has grabbed a, a scalpel and is, is cutting through his restraints. And as the chip is coming towards his eye, it's so also he's doing... not sedated while this chip is going no. into his eye. Okay, awesome. No, he is not. And while it's doing that, it's also having these flashes of like good behavior and American flags and saying like, excellent, be excellent, be good, like a brainwashing type thing. That's a very funny little montage. (sighs) And he breaks free at the last second and runs through the facility. Not a lot of people seem to be working there. Hmm. He knocks out the one guy, the one doctor that was in the room with him. And now he's looking in the other rooms. He finds Rachel, who is seemingly sedated for her procedure. Hmm. He, he gets her out of her restraints. Nobody in that room either, I don't think. Hmm. Um, so he's carrying her. They're running out. And in the hall, as they're about to get out of the building, is Chug. <laughs> oh, Chug. Chug hits Steve, someone gets a pipe, like breaks off the wall or something. And as Steve and Chug are fighting, Rachel grabs this pipe and smacks Chug over the back of the head with it. And I think kills him. Okay. Okay. All right. He's well, Chug was very bad. Chug was bad. Uh, they run out of the building and UV and Lindsay are waiting outside in the, in the truck. And they say, before you get in, wait, 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 what's the capital of North Dakota? Steve says, how the fuck should I know? UV says, cool. They're good. They're good. Let them in. Wow. They haven't been brainwashed ribboned yet. <laughs> uh, so they're flooring it now. They're trying to make it to the last ferry out of town. They got to get out of here. And then they come across a line of, of all of the Blue Ribbons and Caldecott and everyone blocking the main road out of town for this final showdown. And uh, it's looking looking bad. They're extremely outnumbered. And just as it seems like they're going to be grabbed and taken back to the hospital facility place, the janitor pulls yeah. up. He he hits Caldecott with his car and then he drives past all of them and they're chasing him and he pulls this tarp off the back of his car and reveals a bunch of those stereos playing. Oh, they were going to say a bunch of rats. I thought you were going to say a bunch of Kurt Vonnegut books. (laughs) Oh, that would be good if there was all three. I would love that. (laughs) Um, And it's it's blasting this high frequency sound and now all of them are glitching and still chasing him because they need to be able to like smash it to stop it. And he's saying, you know, follow me. And now this gives our, our crew a chance to get away. But Steve says, you guys go, I'm going to meet you there. He gets on a little dirt bike or something and 
he's going to, I think, try to save the janitor from whatever situation he's in. Mm. But, oh, as as the janitor was driving up, Caldecott was firing gunshots at him. That's why he hit him with the car. So Steve runs down or no, gets on the motorbike and gets down there before all of the uh, blue ribbons catch up. And so he's able to have a little moment with the janitor and he's like, let's get out of here. And he's like, no, we've got to kill them all, basically. And Steve says, well, but maybe they can be helped. And janitor says they can't and neither can I. And he re- reveals a mortal wound. He's been shot in the stomach and he's bleeding out and dying. Oh. And so he is going to sacrifice himself. And he says to Steve, do good things, lunch boy. <laughs> and then as the blue ribbons approach, he drives off a cliff and all of them follow and also what? like are like holding oh, on to the back and all die and fall to their deaths. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, couldn't they just remove the chips? That's no? what, there was no attempt made at that. I was really like, we did not tr- even try to see if this process could have been reversed. And We're I just, just like, run them off just cliff. kill them all. <laughs> it's very funny. That only reference of that we have is maybe they can be helped no they can't like how do you fucking <laughs> no, know No, they can't because i'm dying <laughs> like how do you fucking know i wonder if that's in any of the extended cuts but uh so now we see caldecott is is still alive and like looking pretty on his last leg but there's one final little showdown between steve and caldecott where he's saying like it's over for you caldecott they're all dead now, and Caldecott says there will be other towns with other troubled teens and other worried parents. Ugh. And then he says, science is God. Kind of a, didn't see that line coming. Yeah, didn't know that was his philosophy. 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 Yeah, I was a little surprised huh. by that. Okay. Uh, but Steve wins this fight, knocks Caldecott off the cliff as well. He, oh my God, this cliff he, is really doing a lot for this movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Steve hops back on the little dirt bike thing and zooms through town and, and launches himself onto the ferry, which is already taking off. So he has to get air <laughs> to, on the motorbike, on the motorbike wow. to land on the ferry. It's really funny. Heart completely wipes James out. Marston. He does not. He does not make the landing, but he gets onto the boat. Okay. <laughs> uh, him and Rachel kiss, and there's basically like we did it. And I th- oh, he's like now we can stay here because they're all dead, so we don't need to leave town anymore. It's all over, and we're feeling a big few f- mm. until. until. We cut to another classroom. This is now a classroom of like mostly black kids and people of color and just a kind of a stereotype happening here as well, where they're like listening to loud music in class and being unruly. And the teacher is trying to get their attention, turns off the music and says, class, your new student teacher is here. Everybody quiet down. And in walks Gavin and he... 
writes go forward on the board and he's like, hello, class. I can't wait to, um, to help you all. And his eye flashes red. And that's the end of the movie. <laughs> wow. They really wanted to make a disturbing behavior, too. They really they wanted really, to make sure. They really did. And the world didn't want it. <laughs> the world said no. I think we're ready now. Let's get Katie Holmes back. Oh my <laughs> like god! Nev Campbell Disturbing style. behavior. Thirty years later. Yeah. Sounds razor. Sounds razor to me. <laughs> Sounds razor to me. Wow. But I did like this like last little. I mean, I guess I think of this as the thesis of the movie. It's just because I've just worked on a documentary about the troubled teen industry, and so I liked that. Mm tie-in of like there will be other troubled teens and other worried parents and that's a real industry that happened in the late 90s and early 2000s where these companies would exploit parents fear to be able to be like yeah your kids are really bad and the only way they can be better is if you give them to us and we do all these horrible things to them and so I just um yeah And that was in the 90s, right? Yeah. Yeah. 90s and like early 2000s. So I thought it was kind of cool that that was what this was making into the horror of that of this film, because it is a really horrifying thing that did happen. Yeah, that's true. Wow. Um, But I had a good time. It's a very silly movie. Yeah. It's very silly. It does sound very silly. And it also sounds so similar to the faculty in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and it's so funny yeah. that they came out how does how does the movie industry continue to do this all the time they're just making like doppelgangers of each other and having them yeah. release the same year um Thumbs in the air disturbing behavior it was i can't wait to watch the trailer for this one this I is what I'm, I'm really very, excited I to get see the trailer for of yeah. Katie Holmes I need to see her yeah. and yeah. James Marsden yeah you really do. Oh, I do. I mean, the 90s were a problematic time, but mm-hmm. the the things that are good and fun about the 90s and 90s culture and movies and stuff is fucking great. I had a great time. Yeah, me too. It's fun. And I am equally excited and equally nervous for early 2000s. Yep. <laughs> yep. There is some some of the same some problems. Of the same stuff for sure. Same ooh, types of things. Yeah. Yeah. But same silly, fun, trashy shit that I can't wait for. Can't get enough of. Yep. Um, oh boy. Well, yeah, join us. Stay tuned, folks, next week, early 2000s. Uh, But yeah, 90s, we did it. We loved it. 90s, we did it. May this be the last story your daughter hears before she enters the world. (laughs) (laughs) What a beautiful, beautiful thing. (laughs) She, yeah, she loved it. She was rolling around in there, loving it. She was like, maybe you should name her Chug. Chug. (laughs) (laughs) Or Lorna. Lorna. Lorna Lorna is kind of a nice name. Lorna Chug. Lorna Chug. Lorna Chug. Chug Cox. Yeah. <laughs> Chug Cox. That's so mean. That's so brutal. Um, yeah, no, I I definitely had a good time. I enjoyed myself. Great. Thank you, yeah. Sammy. We hope you guys had a good time. We love you all. Love you all. And we will be back. 
with early 2000s stuff. Not, uh, I mean, I guess I'll do the rat voice. It's yeah, I'm, not really, doing so I'm not really doing it, it really justice. But I do like how you're doing it, whatever it is. <laughs> I'm doing my I own like spin on it. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, from all of us here at Too Scary to Watch. <laughs> goodbye. 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 Uh, Thank you, my friends, for listening to another episode of Too Scary Didn't Watch. If you had fun hanging with us, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at TSDW Podcast. And if you're interested in things like bonus episodes, video, trailer reactions, and other cool content, head on over to patreon.com slash TSDW Podcast. All right. We love you all forever and ever, starting a while ago and continuing into eternity. Adios. That was a HeadGum Podcast.